you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the Around the NFL Podcast. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. Joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal with the Pocket Square. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Pocket Square life. Yep. Finish the suit. I like that you have just like a cardboard paper in your... That's another way to go. <laughs> it's a valet ticket. There you go. Um, <laughs> you, literally, you actually have your parking lot ticket in your pocket. I enjoy that. That's a working class man's yeah. uh, way to fly. She knows my name. Her name's Nancy and my name's Dan. It's a nice relationship. <laughs> a very nice. Nancy. Very nice hey, um, Ricky Hollywood, it is on fire in the studio right now. Yeah, you guys are looking great. Are you looking to smoke us out? Do you, do you want to see what it looks like? My uncle used to call me the human sweat gland. Do you want to see it really? Do you start? want the public to know that? Do, I'm just being <laughs> open about it. I mean, the public's about to find out. Yeah. They're, they're learning. It's yeah. the one day that I've worn a second layer in like nine months. It happens to be 140 yeah. as soon, degrees As here. soon as I fix the refrigerator, I'll get in there up in <laughs> engineering and no, turn down the... Listen, check, check off your list as slowly as you desire. Yeah. Wait, you didn't fix the refrigerator yet? No, I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> We've understood that. <laughs> I think we covered this ground. You were supposed to reach out to someone that could fix it. Yeah, I did. What do you? Well, I I followed. I even said, following up on this last email. Sweating. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Look you look good though. There's the camera, and Thanks. and you can watch this uh, on every again every Thursday. Our preview show is live. Live. How fun is that? On NFL.com. NFL.com. Eventually be up on YouTube. I think it's streaming on YouTube as well. We're live on YouTube yes. as well. Yep. A shadowy league figure. Just put a thumbs up. I've actually, I'm checking on the YouTube link and it currently, currently 4.2 million viewers. <laughs> so the show is taking off. Very good. Yeah. I feel like that'll be good for our eventual contract negotiations. You'd think. Write that number down. All right. Hey, so this is the week three preview episode. Uh, as we hinted, um, we will be, instead of putting the, Thursday night recap, the game between the Titans and Jacksonville at the top of the show and putting the show out later. Mini pod coming up later tonight. Uh, and, th- and this episode will come up earlier than it o- any ever has, which is a great thing. 
I mean, finally giving one of the NFL's great rivalries its due, its own podcast, Titans Jaguars. <laughs> it is a perfect way to kick it off. That feels it, like 33% of the Thursday night games in history. And can, we, can we do a little housekeeping, though? Yes. You know, we had Rich Eisen on the other day. Yeah. Um, he, so we couldn't record until about, you know, 4 p.m. Pacific, which is 7 p.m. Eastern. And I got a lot of tweets saying that oh, I'm God. a bad producer because I go. don't get the show up in time. And, you know, every can we all stand together? And, and we, sometimes our schedules come up into things, you know, that we all agree on together. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. But. You know, today, the Thursday show is going to go right up after it's live. So you can count on that. Tuesday, you know, something's come up. First of all, you're a wonderful producer. Thank you. Second of all, ignore the idiots. Right. Yeah. You don't want – you're kind of sending a loud message to them that that they're going to get a response if they keep bugging you. Yeah, it's I to, guess. So quit it and just block them. Another thing to note, we're, we're about five minutes into the show. Three plus have been focused on the Erica cam with just Erica, <laughs> you know, announcing her announcements. So. Hey, as I said, Erica – you know, when it comes to fans that get on you, don't let the bastards grind you down. Thanks. That's important. Thanks, Dan. We support you. All right. Before we get into the first game uh, and the draft, um, two bits of housekeeping. First of all, total disgrace last week. We went 0-4 locking our games. We're supposed to be professionals, and this isn't good enough. And I speak for myself as much as I speak for the whole team. We will be better in week three. Guaranteed. At least one and three. I mean, us. I'm okay with how I how I fared. I don't. I, you I, picked the Giants. You need to be better too, Mark. We I, all need to. be I better. think it would be just as special and just as uh, much of an accomplishment after winning two times in a row to go zero and sixteen mm, or zero okay. and seventeen. That would be. Is something that why you that picked it, the Giants last week? All right, now we're starting to figure it out. Here we go. All right, now that's the first bit of housekeeping. Second bit, Wes, you and me, first pick. As a gentleman, I'll defer to my elder. Do you want to have the first overall pick? Oh, no, you can take it. All right, so the old Zeus will pick first, then Wes, then Mark, then Greg, right? Makes Mm. sense. All right, so let's get into it. And I will make the first selection. And it's an easy one for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is live. Good. Very pregnant. <laughs> Just how easy is it? <laughs> Maybe it's not so easy. Um, I will with the first pick. Oh, yeah. Ravens at Chiefs Lamar against Mahomes. Whoa. That's a layup. And it's an exciting matchup for the obvious reason that Lamar Jackson. Well, maybe nobody's going to break through the way Patrick Mahomes last year did and winning the MVP in his first season as starter. Lamar's off to like the type of start that besides carrying fantasy teams to championships um, really makes the Ravens a totally different team and reframes the way we looked at them. We look at them now compared to even three weeks ago. So after a couple layups and we'll say it's layups at Miami uh, in week one, uh, week two, they had the home game uh, who they have in week two it was Cardinals Cardinals. Took care of business there. He flashed again, especially with his legs. Now he goes on the road to Arrowhead, and I cannot wait to see how Lamar Jackson looks in this setting. This is a a beautiful game, and I'm pumped with the number one overall pick. Hmm. 
I mean, this game's so good, I'm just going to watch it anyways. I don't care that I'm not assigned to it. Ultimately, there's some, you know, Bills, Bengals, you're getting short shrift. I mean, this game should be put on na- – it's, it's a crime. This game's at 10 a.m. out here and 1 p.m. across the country. It should be on national – TV everywhere because we haven't seen there literally has never been a matchup like this in week three in NFL history just their passing stats for what it's worth are the greatest ever in terms of you know seven touchdowns no interceptions and the the completion percentage the amount of yards that they have but it's just the entertainment value that I watch this sport to be dazzled and Lamar Jackson right now we knew the eight yard out where he you know fakes the handoff is the easiest play in football in terms of him running to the sideline. But we did not expect him to be dropping dimes into tight coverage on some sideline routes. That is surprising. We didn't expect him to be dropping you know beautiful touch passes over the top of zone defenses where it gets it over the linebacker in front of the defensive back. I don't know if he can do it every week, but... It shouldn't be that shocking that a guy who was 21 years old as a starter is improving dramatically in his second season, and it's a joy to watch. I I get a kick out of John Harbaugh after a few years of not having a dominant team. Really feeling himself this year. Oh, yeah. Mm. Shrags at halftime asked him, you know, are you concerned about the Cardinals? They came back. You know, they had that big comeback last week, and he said, that is not on anybody's mind over here. We're only concerned about our own domination. Mm. And they didn't really dominate in the second half. But the, and the fans are kind of like John Harbaugh. They seem so crazy excited and so like overwhelmed because they've never seen an exciting offense in Baltimore. It's a totally <laughs> new phenomenon. I, that, I think that's it. The, the confidence shift is from late period health-addled Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. And it's it, to me, this is the what-if bowl for a huge chunk of teams around the league because last year it was – Here's all the teams that are struggling on offense that could have drafted Patrick Mahomes seasons ago instead of the Chiefs trading up with John Dorsey to get him and making the move and trusting him. And everyone that questioned Patrick Mahomes heading into year two when a few people thought this guy's going to blow up and most didn't. And the what-if bowl for everyone that waited on Lamar Jackson thinking he wasn't worth a first-round pick. What if, I mean, what if the Jets or Browns had even taken Lamar Jackson? He has transformed Baltimore's offense to such a degree, and they have the perfect parts around him right now. And I love that the anyone that thought he's going to break down if he's not using his legs, if he's forced to throw, they last week showed they can use his legs when they need to, but they didn't in week one. And I know it was the Dolphins, but in general, he has grown as a passer in ways that I think was unpredictable to most, and the team is as dangerous as any team in the AFC. Well, we want to see him against better competition in terms of the defense. And I think the this. Chiefs will be better competition. They're not a great defense, but I think Spagnolo will throw a little more out there. And I don't think they're at the, the low level right now, as Dan fixes my collar. Uh, and live you don't, digital you television. don't see that on most shows where someone will reach over and adjust another man's clothing. There's no commercial breaks here. We, just, we need to on the fly. I, I like it. It's, it's ad lib um, at its finest. Um, the throw that really got me was that third and long and we did touch on it on the Sunday show, I believe, but it's worth bringing up again. Lamar Jackson, the guy, again, the storyline. Greg, you were you did a good job with this over the summer. You were pounding the table that Jackson was a guy that could be a passer, that could thrive, uh, and in fact, go supernova in year two if things went the right way. The throw he makes to Hollywood Brown on third down to ice that game against the Cardinals is the type of throw I just did not think would be in his arsenal this soon or ever, uh, and it just takes the... There's no there's what is what is the Mike, old Michael Jordan line the, the roof has no ceiling, that's where I <laughs> am right now. Ceiling or something, <laughs> yeah, something like that. The, the, this is an exciting game because if the Ravens go to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs, 
AFC is just like, wow, we have another powerhouse on our hands. And as good as the Patriots look, it would feel very wide open to me who could come out of this conference. Mm. I don't think the Ravens' defense is as good this year. We'll see. Matthew Judon kind of looks like that guy, the, the, that dude that steps up every year for the Baltimore Ravens and then gets paid elsewhere. But overall, they're a little thinner in the secondary than we expect. I don't think they're going to be the as pass good. Rushes the, I mean, Mahomes is the ceiling, though. He's the greatest quarterback I've seen since we've been covering the league uh, to come into it. And he's playing as well or better than he did a year ago. That's the ceiling. And can I? And this was the game of the year to me in the regular season, maybe except for Chiefs Rams uh, last year. It was MV, It was the MVP moment for Mahomes, where he hit the fourth and nine across his body. It was two great styles. They went to overtime. It was a great first Lamar Jackson showing. So I think it could be a rivalry we see throughout the next decade. My, my last point and about the Chiefs, because the Chiefs deserve talk as well, is that Derek Carr, after last week's game, where they essentially got shut out the last three quarters. He made a point to say, like, the Chiefs, this is a really good defense, and and we'll see. And maybe you don't trust what Derek Carr has to say, uh, but Derek Carr had no problems carving up uh, Vic Fangio's team the week before and then ran into a wall against the Chiefs. We've talked about this well, before. All they need to be is okay on defense, and Mahomes will handle the rest. Chris Jones also had one of the best games you'll see by any defensive lineman not named Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt. It was incredible. All right. The way that Lamar Jackson runs, I don't care what defense you are. I mean, I know Defenders look conf- completely confused when he takes off. Anyone think the Ravens go there and win? I know we don't pick each game, but we pick some games. Sure, I can see the Ravens. Ravens. I'm picking the Chiefs, but I think it will be a fun game. I'll take the Ravens by one point. I just have too much faith in Patrick Mahomes right now. I'm taking the Chiefs. All right, Wes, the number two overall pick is? Denver Broncos at Green Bay Packers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, tell us why. Well, it's in Green Bay. For me, what I watch on Sundays, I just don't want to be offended by your field or your team. (laughs) And I love watching games in Lambeau. I feel like... Uh, Aaron Rodgers just missed connecting on a few throws last week that would have been fantastic. I think that offense is close to a breakthrough right now, Mm. and this might be the game, especially against a Broncos pass rush, which we expected to be the best in the league, and right now is dead last in combined sacks and quarterback hits, while the Packers have Zadarius Smith, who is number one, tied for number one in quarterback pressures this year. Mm-hmm. And they have Darnell Savage, who to me is one of the most exciting rookies in the business. He's got – I'm not saying he's Earl Thomas, but his closing speed and range is fantastic. Was it the Packers offense, Wes, though, super annoying to you after those three possessions? That they could look that good, get the 21 points, and then just not be able to do anything. And essentially, if you take a step back – over the two games, about 75% of their possessions now have been garbage. It was not annoying to me. I love the way Aaron Jones ran uh, over 100 yards, got more than 20 carries. And like I said, Rodgers just missed on a couple of throws. I think there were a couple penalties in there it was a that fumble. brought some big plays back. They moved the ball a little better than I would have expected, considering it was 11 possessions without a point. I also thought, like, I was impressed by the way Rodgers played, but then looking at Mahomes and just the distance between them now, I would not expect that. That Mahomes is so much better mm. than Rodgers right now. I, I, I watched the Packers from end to end, and the note I took was, I have hope in the offense because of what happened early. I'm, I'm not so worried about it breaking down later in the game because it is a totally new world for Rodgers. Aaron Jones, you're right. I thought he ran. He should be their lead back. And, and Matt LaFleur is talking about splitting carries with him and Williams. And I, for me, I just think they need to... They've missed two things in my book for a long time. It was a featured running back that could bolster Rodgers and you could count on from wire to wire. I think you have that in Jones if he stays healthy and unsuspended. 
and their defense. I love teams that completely change the way you feel about them early on in the year. And Mike Pettin's defense, they've given up about the second fewest amount of points in the league. 58 passer hmm. rating in two games. Right, and it is not a fluke. It is real. And I realize you play the Bears, a rather broken down offense in week one. But this, to me, the way that Mike Pettin, his defense requires certain play at the cornerback position. They're getting that from their defense and pass rush. They are They have the right parts in place right well, now. Well, they have elite players at every level. So it, they have a great coach, but the more important thing is the talent. Zadarius Smith and Kenny Clark are both ranked in the top five in PFF at their positions. Uh, you go you know, to the back end, Adrian Amos is ranked that high at safety. You have Blake Martinez, we've talked about on this show for a long time. You have playmakers at every level. I mean, making the leaps, making a comeback because we had Lamar Jackson and the Packers defense. Hey, we meaning you. That's right. (laughs) We're going royal. We. The the only problem with Wes's pick here is he's he he talked about how excited he is to watch the Packers. Another team's playing this game, and it's a team that has his heart that he's going to be rooting for. And this is well, he's locked into the role. I'm rooting for the Packers. This is a tough spot for the Broncos. Well, well you, this so is this is our first cornered animal game of the week. <laughs> 0 and two teams, you know your season's over at 0 and three, and do not discount that when you're looking to pick teams that oh they're 0 and two they stink. If they're not really a bad team, I feel like you're going to get a really good effort for a lot of these 0 and two teams. The Broncos, I think, are going to put up a fight here. But like you said, Wes. I don't know how well this team's going to travel all season. I'm much closer to shutting the Broncos down mentally in my mind before I am thinking they're going to dance with with. Mark's just got a list of all the teams. Well, I do. You know what? By the way, I'm typically right on those. Like it's it's not great for business to talk about a team being done in week three or week four, but you get a feeling, and if you're right, 85 percent of the time, I ride with it. Denver is not a playoff team to me. Like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison crossing and then putting on the lipstick. They still could have intriguing uh, you know parts of their team, even if they don't go to the playoffs. But I'm not a, I'm not that excited about the style of this game. These two teams have both played at a very slow pace. Two of the teams that are going to wait till the end of the play clock, and then they're going to call a second and ten run. Matt Lafleur likes to play that way. Obviously, they're entertaining, but it's it, I could imagine it being very close down to the wire, uh, like the last Broncos game, closer than uh, the people in the desert think. <laughs> All right, Mark. This took me about one second to pick my game and I am I, the, oh, I the, the, the me from August would have been stunned that this would be my pick because one of the two teams <laughs> I sort of virtually reject uh, from around age 10 on but the other one has won me over and you want to talk about the royal we we wrote an article about the Bills this week because we are fired up about Buffalo's chances in the AFC I love the way this team is made wow. they are hosting in their home opener after going on the road and knocking out two pretenders from New York, they are hosting Cincinnati, and the Bengals got absolutely worked over as bad as any team I saw in the league last week against the Niners. Just watched that game this morning, got around to it, and I cannot believe how hard the Niners thumped them in Cincinnati. The Bengals went from being a one, an 0-1 team that was very intriguing, I thought, for what they did against Seattle in Week 1, to losing all appeal. And I'm not just piling on them. There's just not a lot to cling on to the way that they were run on last week. And my one, it was a disgrace. It was They're a disgrace. Right. It's it one was, game. That's all you can. It's one game, oh. and it's a small sample size. So I would say this: if the Bengals ever pulled this out, they're back on board for me as a team that can be frisky. 
I'm not putting them in no man's land, but the Bills have everything in place. And I think you have Josh Allen playing in a way. You talk about Lamar Jackson. We thought that Lamar Jackson was a run, not throw quarterback at the very worst. And there was much more hope with him than there was, I thought, with Josh Allen in terms of being a complete player. And Josh Allen has answered a lot of questions early. He's had a great running game around him with Frank Gore. And Devin Singletary is my one concern. It sounds like he may not play this week. And he has only had 10 carries, but leads the league in rushes over 10 yards. And it's on a, to me, that's a, he, he made their offense go when they finally put him in the game. This defense should have no problem against Andy <laughs> Dalton and the Bengals, who to me are one of these teams that can put two drives a week against you with big plays that make you think, hmm. But then they, they kill themselves with penalties and turnovers. Their offensive line, the Bengals' offensive line, is a major issue right now. Andre Smith at left tackle. John Jerry comes in to replace him when he has to sit out. This offensive line is as bad as we thought when it was. When they they've lost... I think starters at almost every position now. So it's it, to be fair to Zach Taylor and what's going on there. If they had a bad offensive line to begin with, and they're down four starters right now, mm. they might be down four or five. Like they, even their backups with like Andre Smith and and one of the guards who's now out for the season. They, yeah, that's not Zach Taylor's fault. I mean, they had guys retiring left and do? right. What's making you chuckle over there, Dan? I well, I enjoy your passion for the Bills. Um, I I want to say that another cornered animal game. And the one thing you have to keep in mind here, I think, is that this the Bills as an organization are dealing with something uh, it's a good thing to deal with, but they haven't had in a long time, which is some expectation and some people assuming they're going to win and everyone's going to go in there and everybody's going to pile into that stadium. First home game. And assume and it's going to be loud and it's going to be a lot of fun. The pregame is going to be out of control uh, in the parking lot. Uh, but... <laughs> I would say there's a chance they could get surprised by not walking over a team because uh, if we want to take certain teams in the league and say, oh, they're 2-0, and but they beat teams that stink, well, look at the Jets uh, and, the, and the Giants. So I think what we saw from week one um, from Cincinnati was really good. What we saw in week two was absolutely wretched. My feeling is they're probably somewhere in between there, and I just don't know if I'm ready to say Buffalo's good enough where they're just going to destroy – um, I, well, I, first of all, I think ben, I think the Bills are built to win games like twenty-five to fourteen. I don't think they're built necessarily to beat teams forty to seven. That's that's not. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout necessarily. But I can't point to anything that the Bengals are doing right now that should particularly scare the Bills. And so if the Bills not from last week. That no, was but the, the Bills. But game. the Bills have done a better job of playing up to expectations than. The Browns, for instance, who came in with high expectations. Oh, they're beating them. And some others I could They're beating to. them. They look like one of the best defenses in the league. They have guys like Harrison Phillips who are suddenly stepping up and making big plays. And then Josh Allen. Look, a lot of people have already started walking away from their Daniel Jones uh, you know, hatred and laughter. No two players in the last two drafts have unified draft Twitter any more than mocking uh, Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. We'll see about Jones. And we'll see about Allen. To me, he's like a relief pitcher that... He's going to be wild some weeks, but it's hard to ignore the types of plays he's making on the run now. And if he can, you know, if he can just do that, 
did they, if they could do what they did the first two weeks offensively for the rest of the season, they're about 11th in points, you know, 13th in yards per play. They're, they're middle of the pack or a little better. I mean, forget it. They're Oil a playoff team. team. Yep. They're well coached. They're great at fundamentals. They have good leadership. They play well as a team. This is a good all-around team, and they're fun to watch, this starting the, with the quarterback. And they yeah. have Frank Gore. They got, this is the they first do. incarnation of the of Bills in a long, long time, and we've seen so many with all these teams that are struggling to break through where the coach, the front office are all married in unison. That has been, they have been especially uh, volatile in that situation previous to this. All right. Now, Greg, the snake pick. So you pick the next two. You're up. Well, oh, the, wow. the only snake in this room is you for taking uh, the Chiefs and Ravens away. But you're going to watch it anyway. You're not, <laughs> even, you're not even a comply to the rules. the number one overall pick. Of course. It was the obvious pick. I'm taking Romo again. It wouldn't necessarily have been my strategy, but Tony Romo's covering the Saints and the Seahawks, and I'm going to – after first of all, it's four twenty-five. You like those games where you can finish with the early, ha- you know. Smart, bro. You know, keep that in mind, everybody. And then you can sit back and you can let a master do his best work in an interesting game. Two NFC teams, which they don't normally have, so I'm interested. You know, it's a little different. And it's Teddy Bridgewater. We, we've come a long way um, with the whole Teddy Bridgewater story. We've tracked his entire career on this show. I've always enjoyed watching him. I thought he was better than people thought in Minnesota. That he had a, a pretty nice upside as like a better version of Alex Smith. He hasn't looked like that in the brief chances he's gotten over the last few years. And who knows how many chances he's going to get with Taysom Hill behind him. This is it. This is a big moment in his career. And I think it's a big moment for Sean Payton too. Because I think he wants to go put out that coach of the year reel. He wants to be have Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater go to Seattle, pull off that road upset, have some crazy plays, and everyone just be honking about how Sean Payton's the man. That's what he's looking for Sunday. But he's one of the guys I could trust to pull. They did the he NFL could do it. research. I don't put, doubt it. NFL research put out a, sh- a study that showed the the splatterings during a season or various games where coaches maybe trying to outsmart everyone else use two or three quarterbacks in one game in specific situations, and the results are pretty awful. They don't. It just doesn't really work, and it and that goes back 20, 30 years where it just doesn't sustain itself. I just think we're going to get a lot more Taysom Hill, and if we don't, I'd be stunned. I think the Saints D also hasn't been impressive. I think that's under the radar. The defensive line's playing great in terms of getting pressure, but as a team defense, the linebackers and the secondary and the run defense is pretty bad. I mean, they they did not play well against Los Angeles. I am switching up my lock here. I was going to take another team, but I I can't listen to Greg talk up Teddy Bridgewater that much like he's any threat to Russell. <laughs> I mean, I'm not taking to the Russell Saints to Wilson. Win. Come on. I'm locking up the Seahawks in this game. There. Oh, wow. Can't wait I to like lock it. up against Teddy Bridgewater and Sean Payton in this game. New graphic, new could sound come back effect. to haunt me. Wasn't but, ready for that. But that Wes, was exciting. And that are you are you viewing this <laughs> anti breeze or non breeze territory nice. as a sinkhole for the Saints? Then I think since about Thanksgiving, the Saints offense has been subpar, and that includes this year. I just I don't like anything I've seen unless Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas catch fire. This team doesn't move the ball. Well, and the run game fell apart the minute Bridgewater hit the scene last week. And Russell Wilson played one of the best games of his career last week. Yeah, that's the. I mean, there's a team too, the Seattle that looked very different from week one to two. Russell Wilson getting the ball out of his hands quicker than he ever has is in his entire career. You have a great backfield. You're you're at home. But their offensive line hasn't protected him at all. I think that's that's the chance. Is Cameron Jordan's playing great? Marcus Davenport, 
and Trey Hendrickson are coming off big games, and you're just hoping oh, that they can wreak havoc and cause some turnovers against Russell Wilson in that offensive line. Cam I, Jordan stole Rob Havenstein's soul last mm. week. I, I love the one thing about DK Metcalf, and I think he. I was. I thought he might not work out. I just something about him. Did, I wasn't sure. He he's made some big plays. But what I love watching him do is when they show on the coaches' film of him going downfield and blocking like a little tiny cornerback. He just takes these guys and throws them like eight yards in the wrong direction. Not sure that's why you draft a wide receiver primarily, but he makes some. And they, too. and what they're doing with him is is just having him run the same route over and over. They're not trying to confuse him. He's just on one side of the ball going down the field. He reminds He's got me two routes. so much of T.O., even his posture, the way he stands, the way he runs. All right, Greg, you're picking again, baby. Look at this. Greg's building his team. I'm going Colts-Falcons early. That's the game I'm going to focus on. Interesting pick. People, Maybe a bit of a reach this early, but I mean, okay. <laughs> look, we're, I'm sitting in the same room as a guy who took the Joe Flacco snoozing Broncos second overall, so I, I'm I not too worried. Have I'm not too worried about it. Colts. catches a stray. I love it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's a like, fire. I care what Greg thinks Greg about the games that, I want to watch. Greg had that prepared the minute oh, the minute Wes went out to Teddy Bridgewater. dome game with the sun sh- blinding yeah. you yeah. at, Ultra at vindictiveness. And, Ultra oh, vindictiveness. I'm representing, I'm representing what I believe to be the majority of football fans who just like watching it in a dome. They don't mind it if it's in a dome. It's fine. Who cares about the majority of football fans? I'm Get out of here. Greg, you are the last person, not only on this show, but on any show ever, that I would link to the majority of football fans on any level. You have never been for their cause, and you are not for it now. Well, you know scenario. what? Give you know what they like? That. They like the running game, and the, the, the Indianapolis they. Colts are a team <laughs> with a starting running back who has a calf injury and isn't practicing. That's mm. a problem. Ladies, but Jordan, get will- into the game. Sorry. We're talking the game. It's in there. He just That's had offensive. a nice little injury. Yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, nice little injury update. It doesn't matter who's back there because it's all about Quentin Nelson. It's all about that offensive line. They're second in the league in rushing yards right now, fourth in efficiency. They are the team that Dirk Cotter says the Falcons want to be. Which is, which is a run-first team that's going to make a drive when you need to. And when Jacoby Brissett needed to make two touchdown drives in a row in the fourth quarter against the Chargers, that's exactly what he did. When the Colts needed to make a touchdown drive against the Titans in the fourth quarter, that's exactly what they did. Usually that's the type of kind of late excitement that we can get rallied behind, and I'm in on Jacoby Brissett and this team just being a little funky, and I think this will be a fun game. It's a sneaky good game of the week. That's what I say. They're going to fight every week, I think. I don't think that's going to end up with them playing football in January, the Colts. But just like you know, we know that Frank Reich is a great coach. Brissett is not a dynamic player, but he's fine. He's like Ken Stabler back there, getting you know, making making herky jerky weird moves and in the pocket and throwing it deep. They're like a 1970s. It's team. just a, it's a shame because this really was a team that had a chance um, with with Andrew Luck. And without him, I think they're an eight to ten win team. Um, so maybe not a Super Bowl team, but a team that will play a lot of close games, fun games. So from that standpoint, with the fifth overall pick, you're probably going to get an entertaining game. And the Falcons, so that's Falcons always play. You know, I'm down to. I don't know what game. to think of the, the Falcons the, right now. No, the Falcons feel a, a tad faceless to me. Although they they certainly took advantage of a banged up Eagles defense last week, and the Colts are down. Pierre Desir appears that he's got a knee injury. Jabal Sheard could be out. Darius Leonard has a concussion. So you're losing at every level a key contributor there. That that's it's not the Colts defense at their most powerful. I 
to me, though, the, the I feel like you're getting the Falcons at the right time because I just am not sure who this team is. That's my issue, though. They, they may feel differently about themselves. Well, we asked them to show some backbone on defense, and they did. Their, their defensive yep. line is much improved, and they worked over an Eagles offensive line that everybody assumes is one of the best in the NFL. So I wouldn't just assume that the Colts are going to run down their throats in this game. Um, all right, moving on. I wanted to pick one of these cornered animal games, and I'm going to pick the one that I – I'm most fascinated by because it's against an undefeated team that's coming oh. off a great effort on offense. We we touched on it earlier. The Pittsburgh Steelers with Mason oh. Rudolph. I took your pick. Took it wasn't getting to you, Mark. <laughs> yeah, does it make? It's always better when the other guy not jumps only, and says he would have been gone as not well. Not only is it the game I wanted, it is in that precious 425 mm-hmm. slot. Um, I, yeah, that's a you good know, spot. per Greg strategy, which is a wise one. So I'm taking the Steelers at Niners. Uh, cornered animal, 0-2 Steelers. No Big Ben out for the season with that elbow injury. In steps Mason Rudolph. Uh, Mark, you and I saw the same thing uh, when we watched that game that we thought um, Rudolph had a chance here and could be a guy could step in and, and keep the Steelers interesting and relevant. They, of course, make that trade to get Mick Fitzpatrick, which the more I thought about it, the more I love that trade. I know that they... Onions. They gave... Yeah, it's an onion hanger. Not sure if I love it, but it's onions. And he's... Because it's so unheard of that the Dolphins, whatever happened to Gary Cooper, that Minka Fitzpatrick at 22 or 23 years old, whatever he is, would say, get me out of here immediately after he was drafted, essentially. Well, we got to look at him over a year as what I'm being told. I'm not an expert in the ways of Minka Fitzpatrick, but that he is a highly versatile guy, a real chess piece in your defensive backfield. And basically, the Steelers drafted a, a 23-year-old cornerback slash safety who they really believe in and have tape in the NFL that says this guy can play at this level. I, well, it makes sense to me from that standpoint. It does. He's already announced that he wants to be cemented into one position. Okay. Well, and they need him at free safety because they put Sean, um, Sean Davis on IR. I, I have a conspiracy theory on this. Let's hear it. That I haven't mm. heard out there. Kevin Colbert refused to sign a contract extension this year. He's been on one-year deals. Some rumors that either he's going to move on to another team or just move on, period. I think Mike Tomlin, if things went super south, he could be who knows trouble, if maybe. the Roonies yeah. would blow it up. Maybe it's Kevin Colbert and Tomlin thinking a little bit like, we got to make this year work, not think long. I tried to save your collar once because there's like a Saturday Night Fever Travolta thing going on. <laughs> I mean, it's But it keeps too. on popping it's back out. It's good to know, though. It's, it's good to fly know. away. Greg taking We're, shots at a multi-million dollar corporation. I'm that should work saying, out well for billion. us. Um, anyway, so I really think the Steelers have a good chance in this game. And Niners uh, fans that feel really good after back-to-back road wins uh, by their team, I get that. And they almost put up 600 total yards on a Cincinnati team that seemed like, you know what that game was like? That was that was like um, every year, Labor Day weekend, I'm in Texas, and it's the only time I ever see college football. And uh, in this at this family reunion, um, my wife's family, all Baylor fans, um, some other in-laws are UT, Texas people. There's some Oklahoma fans. So there's just football playing all the time. And typically, not always, but usually – they basically have a slaughter game week one to get to get the, these big time programs. Uh, they essentially schedule against some team that 
can't even be on the Juice same field. Juice everyone up. The fans, the team. That's yeah, what everyone. this game yeah. looked like. Towson like. State is coming into Austin. Exactly. That's what Cincinnati looked like. They looked like Towson State um, against the Niners. So it got to the point that it was farce. And it was like, what can I take out of this Niners performance? It did open my eyes. Curtis Samuel, uh, their backfield has, even even with the injuries they have, there are guys that can make things happen. Matt Breida, who I know, Wes, uh, we've talked about him being a big guy. And Jimmy Garoppolo, it seems so far away, those concerns now, back during the preseason, about whether he would be able to be a, a It was like a week ago. This show a week ago was how far away we, we He didn't play great in week one, but he, he definitely <laughs> I was like, one saying him. He looked like the guy that they need him to be in this game. Um, so as much as I like the offense, I'd like to see it against the tougher matchup, and this is a tough matchup uh, against the Steelers. I think it is. This, I thought Kyle Shanahan, this put a, a real stamp on this past game. Number one, it's the Shanahan thing where multiple running backs are going to kill you. So if you play fantasy, uh, and most of us don't, but if you do, like you don't know who to pick each week because they've got multiple guys that can hurt you, even without Tevin Coleman. You made the point. I don't think they really need Tevin Coleman. Oh, Raheem Mostert is great. He looked fantastic. Jeff Wilson Jr. is now their goal lineback. Like, is there, like, would Jarek McKinnon and, and, Tevin Coleman be better. No, they would not. Rita no. and Mostert. Well, how could they be so. better than? And they had multi, They had touchdowns called back by penalty. Uh, Shanahan got Marquise Goodwin free on a leak route where he crossed the line and broke up field. It was totally open. Like that was something that you don't see very often. In the, that he's just Towson wide State. open. There are, and this is a compliment. I I, rem, I was looking at Jimmy G and I was like, who is he reminding me of uh, when he's not throwing the ball perfectly, but he's just operating well in the offense. It's kind of like what Shanahan did with Brian Hoyer during that one part of the season in Cleveland. They kind of like looked like each other a little bit. And then Jimmy G could do so much more than that player who broke down ultimately. I am not worried about Jimmy G right now. I think that when you they finally have a defense too, if they play the way they have been. Steelers oh. are going to start 0-3? Well, I think... I. I don't think they're going to do this. Steelers the crazy Steelers can you're going to take game. as your lock, Wes? No, it wasn't. I think uh, the Steelers win this th- game. You're picking this for a reason. This can be a great game. They really need... Devin Bush I, to handle George Kittle. And so far this year, Devin Bush has gotten lost in coverage too many times. He's experiencing growing pains, and he's been bad and downright bad in the red zone. Well, they're slow at linebacker. They drafted Bush to be faster, but because he's reacting slow, he's slow. And Mark Barron, there's a reason why the Rams want to know more part of him. He's He cannot cover, and that's part of the reason why Russell Wilson had such a great day last Well, I would say you, you've lost Joe Staley. And the way the Niners or the way the Steelers pass rush played early against the Seahawks, I mean, they dismantled Seattle early. Then they came back into the game. That's your chance. If you can get to San Francisco and hassle Jimmy G from the start. 49ers fans are getting after me because I pick, I pick the Steelers to win this. It is partly because of what Dan said. I kind of can't imagine the Steelers at 0-3. And part of me has a, has a hard time imagining the 49ers at 3-0. and These feel like two teams. I, I'm not putting that much stock into what's happened so far. The the story is you know, yet to be written. But, man, if Mason Rudolph could go in there and, like, this is where Mike Tomlin's done some of his best work. Maybe I'm basing it on totally intangible nonsense. No, you whenever, got me. Whenever you, corner, whenever you <laughs> count them out, they're in. I, I'm with you. I'm confident. And now I'm locking it up. Oh, and wow. it's very strange to lock up 0-2 oh. against 2-0. But guess who else? Like the, on the road. This is also a corner. <laughs> Sounds like a machine gun. Um, it also is a cornered animal game and for the down. old Zeuser at 0-2. I need this game, and I'm going to bring that energy to the Pittsburgh locker room. We winning. We flying back home on a dub. Wounded like animal employs wounded animal to get out of a cage. <laughs> it's an onions. Like it's an onions lock, and I think it's a good one. Uh, all right. Who is up? It is now Chris Wessling's second pick. This is the road team I was going to take. The New York Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Danny I Dimes. I want to see how transformed the offense is with Danny Dimes. It sounds like Sterling Shepard is going to play. Uh, he was coming off the concussion. And if you have Evan Engram, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, and an offensive line that has been, frankly, one of the top ten lines in the league so far this year, I think that gives Danny Dimes a good chance to succeed against a Buccaneers defense that has caught Greg's eye. I love me some Todd Bowles. I mean, uh, we were watching the game. What, who gets more? Who's more exciting than Todd Bowles? Seeing a happy Todd Bowles on the sideline. <laughs> no, everyone. Let's, let's give him a ch- start. I, like, Literally, everyone is more exciting. Than let's, Todd I mean, that's, Bowles. let's make him a head coach. Let's that's, see how he does. That's part yeah. of the reason. I, you know, it's just fun to lean into this stupid bit. But yeah. uh, uh, they really have been better. They are blitzing more than fifty-five percent of the time. Like no other team in the league is remotely close. They don't even really have a pass rush. It. They. They're. Trusting that Vita Vea and Gol- William Golston and Indomitian Sue and Levante David can just stop the run while they're almost selling out to just blitz, and, and they can. It's kind of a way to work around the one strength they have, which is they have a good run defense and they're blitzing like crazy. And at least in September, and maybe against a rookie quarterback, that can sneak you out some uh, good performances. I mean, I think to your point, Shaq Barrett basically said that he had played in a 3 4 defense his whole life, but that. The Todd Bowles 3-4 was something completely different. We saw him blow up the Panthers last week, and so something's working. I flip to the other side of the ball, though, and I look at Bruce Arians, who I love Bruce Arians, but I, I can't quite figure out if he knew this was where he'd be coming into week three, that this is why he pulled out of retirement to take over this offense. He was because, convinced that Jameis Winston is a legitimate franchise quarterback. Well, then I would I – would, that he should have at least gone in suspicious of that, hoping that would be the case. Not convinced because well, nothing. We're two weeks in. We're two weeks in. They're, one, weeks in, they're and one and one, okay. and he's hey, the same quarterback. And I would ever say been, this: not Tampa is would, so out of their minds right now. I saw an article this week in the Tampa Bay Times that said, "Are the with Drew Brees' injury, are the Bucks the new favorites in the NFC what? South?" And I was like, "Yeah, they're Please. feeling the fever." I, oh if, my if, God. if the offense does not totally maximize against a Giants defense that could not have been more lost at sea last week at home, then I don't know when it happens. You're playing a rookie quarterback. I like I like him better than Eli Manning, but it's still his first start in the NFL against a good defense. We've just talked about them. If you cannot make this the game where we figure out, oh, this is what Arians and this Bucks offense are going to be against one of the lamest defenses in the league, then I'm not holding my breath for it to happen. They're, they're, I'll buy uh, that. They have to do something this week. Yeah. They are not doing what last year's Bucks offense did. O.J. Howard has vanished. Not even close. Come just on. throw at DeAndre Baker every time. Yeah, that's that's part of the Gettleman story that's not being told right now. He he, he took a few people in the first round. Daniel Jones wasn't the only one. DeAndre Baker, his first round cornerback, is right now the worst cornerback in the entire NFL and would be benched if he was on it. You have every right to bail on the Bruce Arians experience with Jameis Winston if they cannot move the ball up and down the field against the Giants. Right. Yes. Giants stink. Their defense. Janaris Jenkins. You know, their secondary stinks, and the secondary is complaining about the de- defensive line. It's a good sign which stinks. in mid-September. The whole roster stinks on defense. So, uh, especially at home, and maybe Danny Dunn's bring some juice to the offensive side of the I think ball. I think he will. They might get Sterling Shepard back. You know, Golden Tate returns in a few weeks. They, they were smart how they did this, because I think Danny Dimes is going to look like a hero. Mm, all right. Now picking Mark Sessler. Well, you know, in a draft, there's always the uh, – fly-by-night 
less prepared team that watches the picks they were going to pick picked over and over just before their their time. That guy's like a fantasy. The last two games. The last two games picked were my next two picks lined up. So now now you're scrambling. Now I'm scrambling. Wait, hold the clock. Hold the clock. I'm gonna wind up Uh, with the guy. The connection froze. Yeah, we're gonna listen. We we this is someone we believed in for a long time. I believed in this game from the start, even though on my actual list, number one on your board, it's lodged number thirteen or fourteen out of fourteen. Uh, Carolina at Arizona. Yikes. Good, good, it good, is one good of the pick. last remaining uh, late games, and I am a little char- I'm a little chargered out, so I'm bypassing Chargers. And here is my one thing watching Arizona play the Ravens and losing and driving deep and moving the ball well for big chunks of the field but falling apart into field goals in the red zone. I'm not sure what to make make of this offense entirely. I li- I really like Kyler Murray's for a guy who's played in two NFL games. His aggressive mindset. He is whipping the ball downfield. He is reviving Larry Fitzgerald. They've got some weapons in the passing game. I'm not sure this is going to work or not, but I think they're going to have a couple games where they simply explode. I think it's going to happen, and I like this game. I'm picking this for that reason, that I want to be there when they suddenly drop 40-something points on a team that has issues all over the place. And the team with issues all over the place right now is the Carolina Panthers. A, you've got Kyle Allen at quarterback. I understand he played well in Week 17. I don't really care about Week 17 at this point. Ron Rivera is clearly agitated. He walked away from his press conference two minutes in today because he was getting too many Cam Newton questions. Well, that's not stopping. And what is happening to this team in general? They feel like melt territory to me. And nothing it's a big would, week for Carolina. It is a huge week. Talk about a wounded animal. For Riverboat's job security, it's a huge week. For everything. I think the future of where the team is going. You have an owner that has been patient because owners like to come in and do their things and put their stamp. And he's put no real stamp on the team. And I think this could be the offseason where a lot of changes happen if this team continues to trajectory into deep earth. You got a big week coming up in Arizona. I love Kyler Murray's intermediate deep ball accuracy and touch and his willingness, like you said, to be aggressive. If his wide receiver's even, he's leaving. Every time he sees his receiver get a step, he's throwing deep to that guy. I love it. I thought it was interesting that Chris Carter said after talking to people in Arizona, defenses are going to find out quickly that Kyler Murray does not want to run. He doesn't want to get hit. He feels the same way about getting hit as Tom Brady and Drew Brees do, and he doesn't want to run. Well, imagine if you're him and you just stepped into the NFL these first couple games. Like, he's, he's the smallest guy on the field by far. He, he's the one quarterback that looks small. Like, he looks noticeably different than everyone that said, else out there. Except for said, the helmet. It's, it's tricky. Well, They're going to have to figure out a balance because when I think it was Pernell McPhee got in free on a busted play, it's just – you know, a, a 275-pound great athlete coming at you with no pass protection. Kyler Murray put a spin move that dropped him on the ground. It broke his ankles. It made Pernell McPhee look like an old man. And that's the type of runner Kyler he Murray— like an old man for three years. Right, but that's the type of player he can be if he wants to escape. And, and then he took a, an easy seven yards to the sideline. That's one of only four runs he's had all year. Uh, one quick correction. Um, we referenced Towson State. It's actually Towson University. Oh, good. They changed it. Good. I know that because... Oh, they changed it. So there's even a reason. I... My bosom buddy, Bob Castrone, throwback pod partner, oh, attended wow. that school. How about that? And it, I've been there. It, it was the not Tigers. Towson State at some point, though? I believe it was at one point. Oh, And that's no longer the case. We're talking over 20 years ago. My bad. What state, state are they in? Maryland. So Maryland was like, stop referencing us. At it's this a point. state university. Hmm. So they are connected directly to the state. 
Okay, but Marilyn said we're done with you. Stop. You're not connecting. We, I mean, we don't need to. I'm not familiar with the this connection, but the politics of that area. I don't know. I feel like whenever a school needs to change their name from the ground up, there's something that we going on that we so should explore. Is, so they just dropped a state. They didn't. It wasn't a ground up change. Okay. <laughs> so Bob was going to come at me if I did not bring this up so go ahead i was just asking does mark get another is it snaking again does well, mark get back it, to, no it only snakes <laughs> oh really i thought it was one person snake. no no no, no. it That's, is that now fourth your slot. pick again snakes every time to you whoever this picks doesn't one. make sense does it yeah it does it should snake back to me though Yes. That's what happened is we did snake and then we went around this way again. It's meant to snake back my oh. way. I was actually heavily robbed. Uh, this has been an absolute disaster because I should have gotten after Greg picked fourth and fifth. <laughs> this is, we I should have had the sixth pick. You've buried me down at nine or ten. That explains the horrific draft. Let's, wait, wait. Let's just kill the snake for right now. Wait, wait, wait. Well, interest, no, it should at least be the interest back of the way, listeners who have now had it the last minute and a half on Towson State and an imaginary snake. Time out. Time out. Um, it I'm went, absolutely right. So don't even explain. You had the. It, it was. It went one, one two. Dan West. Yes. Mark. Yes, I had the Greg. Four, Greg four again. Greg again, and then Dan again. Dan, yeah. You if I no, it goes back oh, this way. Yes. Why would it's, Greg it's a snake. get three it's, picks before it's, it's, I do? It's a snake, Dan, because the snake is curling back yes. and forth, not getting cut off at midsection after Greg <laughs> takes two picks and starting again with. I, Dan. I just look back to our control room. They've all left. Well, that's, <laughs> I don't blame them. I don't. Just like a chair swiveling. But at least this time it should snake back this way. All right. We possibly. Who's picking? Correct. Who's picking? Go, Greg. I'll Go ahead, just Greg. make a choice. I'm going to take another four, the another 4 o'clock game. Cause, cause this all plays into my I'm going to watch Lamar anyways uh, early. So I'll take the second uh, 125 game. That's Texans, Chargers. And I am interested in this game because this early in the season, I have no idea what these teams are. I have no idea what they're going to be. I mean, when you think about last September can you really remember what teams were like? Can you remember Blake Bortles dropping four touchdowns on the Patriots uh, for that Jaguars team that was clearly headed to the Super Bowl while the Patriots were doing nothing? Like, can you remember the Bengals looking awesome and being super clutch? I I don't know. You don't know what they're going to be in September. And these two teams especially, I don't have any feel about. They've got great quarterbacks. They've got terrible offensive lines. Their defenses have been up and down. I want to see a little more out of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and them making an impact every week. And this is a great week to do it. And it, it feels like a big game because I think these two teams are very much in the AFC playoff picture. And so it could wind up mattering at the end of the year. Who's got the better backfield in this game? I've been really impressed with what the Texans have done in their backfield. I know they paid a premium to do it, but Carlos Hyde is running as well as he ever has. And Duke Johnson playing pretty well. Austin Eckler, what's he got? Four touchdowns and averaging 100 yards a game? Wherever you took him in fantasy, it wasn't high enough. I mean, that that was your pick. That Great was pick. the pick right there. Chargers have the better backfield, I think, because you've also got Jackson. I think they, they also are the team that proactively built a super deep stable to the point where it, you even forget that Melvin – Gordon is a human being who exists at this point. His leverage is so far in the distance <laughs> that whatever he, whatever his argument was, he's became he's become completely unnecessary. He for came the story out like on this social team. this week, and he he said something about you know I'm going to be playing somewhere. And at this point, him talking isn't even making a ripple. 
Not no. in Los Angeles. And also, not, they, not, took not away, they took away his blue check mark on Twitter. He's doing the Benjamin Button in all the wrong ways. I, I, if, you, if, if you took away a few flags Wait, from last a, week's a Chargers relevance game, Benjamin Bar- Button yes, situation, he's, I he's like setting this. back sort of a blue check mark on. You're not even in college anymore. You're a hopeful high school sophomore. I, they, if you took a few flags away from the Chargers game against Detroit, their backfield has another couple touchdowns in like 60 or 70 yards. I mean... That, that game was closer than it should have been because of Chargers flags. All right. right, and they lost. I, I think the Texans have more to feel good about, actually, so far. Marcellus, uh, Whitney Merciless is reborn. Uh, Defensive he, player of the week. DJ Reader on their front line looks good. Their front seven is really good. They have some major weaknesses, which we've talked about, offensive line and secondary. But I think their strengths are coming forward in the, in the running game. Has Merciless good. is such a huge... Uh, for him to step up with Clowney gone, yep. that's exactly what they needed. Now, now Watt was a little little better, by the way. I had some un- maybe unfair digs on Watt a week earlier. Oh, no, he but played well. You do a Gulston in week one, you're going to catch some heat when you're a player <laughs> at that level. Uh, but he, he went in the right direction. Maybe we're due for one of those monster Watt games uh, this week. All right, Mark, you are up. And my apologies. Uh, well, no, I don't blame you because it's like 106 degrees in here, and I think it starts starts to affect the mind before anything else. I think Mark Brady uh, did this on purpose as some type of psychological test. Well, it's not working. We're still on the air, as far as we know. And uh, I'm going to pick. I like this game. I don't know why it interests me. Uh, well, there's not a lot left to pick from. I'm going Dolphins at Dallas. Oh, damn. Sorry, yeah, Wes. I got you can, How do I pick second? Well, but then everybody picks three teams before me. I don't understand this. Well, maybe I should be apologizing to you, Wes. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> it was I, not on purpose. <laughs> I wonder, the Dolphins have faced <laughs> the Ravens. There. It was great. The Ravens and the Patriots. <laughs> I, I'm not sure Cowboys. that they aren't playing the very best team they've played yet right now. The way that the Cowboys are operating, this is another terrible situation for the Dolphins, and we've spent a lot of time on them this week. I, I just want to see how Dallas handles this because I wonder if the Dolphins become a team that if you get up – 24 nothing, 30 nothing. that you find a way to use it as a bye week? Or do you keep attacking all week long? Do you give Ezekiel Elliott a full quarter off? Do you play Dak Prescott? You know, it's a good week for them not to have Michael Gallup. He's out for a while, but you don't need all your guns necessarily if you hold turnovers down and find a way to take care of the Dolphins, which shouldn't be hard. I mean, I also think we're watching history. This Dolphins team could be how many teams in the league have gone undefeated in their history and winless. This is a little bit of history, and I'm hanging on for a little week three slice of pie. How about NFL this? History it's a little underrated, though, season. how they, they have open against the three best offenses in the league or three of the top four or five offenses well, in the league. It's because they're playing against the Dolphins. But no, the Patriots are going to be good. The Ravens are dynamic. The Cowboys are good. You know, the Cowboys, you know, Dak Prescott, if, Very his, good. if his agent could have scheduled September himself, he couldn't have picked three better tomato cans to knock down than, than these three teams. I, and with that, I also think that it's not it's, – it's the fact that, like, what can the Dolphins – do who can they impose their will on? Right now, the answer is Towson Tigers. The Towson Tigers coming from Towson uh, College or University <laughs> at this point. I the, the one reason I will also keep an eye on Miami is someone's going to lose to this team, and that's the team that's going to get ugly. They're doing when it. you're the team that loses to Miami. Let's say it's in Week Eight. That coach is on the hot seat. I don't care if you're even Bill Belichick. I mean, I believe, if they were like playing Gardner Minshew, it would be a close game. Or if they were playing would some it? other team, I really do think they're not we'll going to get blown up, their doors off every single week. But this week, probably. And Wes, since you don't get to – well, you'll watch this game at some point, but do you have any thoughts on your Cowboys after watching them uh, during the week? 
Well, a lot of thoughts, but they don't really matter against the Dolphins. Right. Like, right. The, it's like all the analysis. The Dolphins are resistant well, they to long, an, They matter long term. The Dolphins too. are resistant to analysis. It doesn't matter who, you, who you're playing on your doesn't team matter. when you're facing the Dolphins. They're an embarrassment. They're a disgrace. And that's, you know, what can you do? All right, Wes, you're up. Uh, I will take Raiders at Vikings. And Good pick. I hate it. That's a nice pick, though, bro. It's All a nice right. pick at this stage in the draft. It's kind of a sneaky big game. It, uh, yes, I think the Raiders, like Greg has been saying, are way more talented than they were last year. Wes, good pick. Thank you. Everyone else is saying. I just want to tell you, <laughs> you did a nice job there. Uh, keep an eye on Josh Jacobs, who has looked really good in the first two games. Lost ten pounds this week. He's been sick. What? And, yes, he's lost ten pounds. Ten this pounds week. in a week. That's a lot. Has a hip injury. They re- wow. just reported too. He's got like multiple physical injuries, and he's sick and lost ten pounds. And the other team. Do you have mono? <laughs> going on here. The other team, the Vikings, might have the running back who's played better than any running back in the first two weeks, and Dalvin Cook, despite playing against behind an offensive line that has not played well, especially rookie center Garrett Bradbury. That that's an interesting part of Cook's emergence is he's made most of these yards on his own. He leads the league in yards after contact. But you know who's I think even better than him per carry is Josh Jacobs. These are two of the three backs who have created the most yards, and I love the way both of them finish the, their runs, especially Jacobs. He refuses to go out of bounds. He's kind of he's kind of old-school style, but with a little more wiggle uh, than you'd expect. Like he, He's a lot of fun to watch. The Raiders, I think losing Jonathan Abram, I, he, he slightly annoyed me during hard knocks You know, early on. Then I think they kind of pulled him out of the narrative a bit to prevent that from continuing to happen. He, though, has a little bit of Eric Turner in, in, in him in terms of his physical presence, and he just didn't care if he was in the league for a game or two. He gave them an identity, and I think he strips mm. a lot away with him not being in the lineup, and they have been absolutely torched by a wide receiver in two games straight. It was Cortland Sutton did it to him. It was Demarcus Robinson, and it's like, who's it going to be this week? Because the Vikings have the weapons. It might be a get-well week for Minnesota through the air. If they were to get clipped by Oakland here, they quickly become a team that I don't have a lot of faith in because the Vikings, to me, I, to, I, I don't know. who are, This was who they were at the end of last season. You could not handle yourself in prime time against big opponents, and they, they just don't feel all there to me. Well, their passing game's worse. Their running game's better, but the passing game's worse. And right and, Cousins' pick in the end zone last week to me wasn't the most concerning part. It was that he came out the next drive, still had five minutes left, almost threw another pick, and then airmails Adam Thielen on third down by 10 yards. And it, you don't like seeing your veteran quarterback on tilt. And he was he was just on tilt, like where he was, his mind was somewhere else. He was supposed to, yeah. That's the, and he can regroup, but that was a bad moment. To not For that not to happen, he's supposed to be that steadying presence. That was such a disappointing Cousins performance. And I think, yeah, I think there's pressure on him now that's that's building, and we'll see how he reacts to that. I mean, if you look at his career, he has not fared well under pressure. I think especially the, against these good are the teams. types of games that he does fare well, though a, a quiet afternoon game against the Raiders that not much of America will see. And and I I'm still with you, Dan, that they're a good team against lesser Those teams. Right. He does. I mean, I will say they were one team along with the Saints that if you go watch what the Zebras did to Minnesota in the last game, sure they. They were a zebra what, ref in a big spot. Good zebra ref. You yeah. got to go there. I mean, they just they were absolutely victimized. I, it's happening to two or three teams a week now, and they were. One I'd lock this game up if 
if I could look in the mirror, but I just think Oakland on the road, no one's going to feel good about me doing that. I I think it's out of the little little numerical zone that we had talked about last year. And the Vikings defense got off to a slow start last week, but played well in the second half. And I think their safety combo of Harrison Smith and Curse has been lights out this year. Um, Okay. I'll take it. I mean, I'll fall on the sword. I'll take the Jets at the at the uh, New England Patriots. You know what? Let's go. Let's go with something else. Something a little more appropriate. Okay. <laughs> it's on New York City. It's on New York City. That's more like it. That's where we are with the Jets, who are 0-2 and facing the desert. And lost it, everybody. Erica. Lost it. Sydney. She really killed it there. Yeah, she has a beautiful voice. Our former producer. <laughs> well, it was a very antagonistic, Dan, but. <laughs> <laughs> what? She's part of the show. You know, um, just in terms of building Erica up as the show is actually unfurling on live air. Um, okay. But uh, the Jets, according to the desert people. Building Erica up as the show is unfurling on live air. Versus having a previous producer come in and take a star turn with a some sort of Broadway hit. I mean, we all love La Cid, but I mean that was like yeah. that was beautiful. It was like I don't the, know zo- the zombies had invaded New York and only Sydney was left. Yeah. By the way, if you're a Jets fan, there's a lot of other things to do in New York City. It's, you don't live in central Iowa. There are other things to occupy your time, and I would start doing that yeah. right about now. Makes sense. What was that, Ricky? Forget it. Happy birthday to Sydney, by the way. You just oh, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Right. Blow out those candles. Yeah. Happy birthday! She's awesome. <laughs> um, all right, the Jets are the Desert People have the Jets installed uh, as a heavy, 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 almost unprecedented level underdog, and I imagine New England will be just fine um, taking care of business there as well. And, and for all the reasons everyone knows, we don't have to dwell on the Jets because we talked about them a lot on Monday, on Tuesday. But um, is there anything, Greg? Mm. This is the only thing I really need to touch on this game before we move on. Because this game, is a, this is as bad as Dolphins-Cowboys in the sense that what do you even take out of this game? On either side, the Jets, there's nothing to learn because you have your third-string quarterback in. And this is actually the third starting Jet quarterback in three weeks. It's only happened six other times in the Super Bowl era. And the Patriots, of course they're going to take care of business here. What have you seen from the Patriots mm. that's been interesting to you that maybe people aren't talking about, if there's anything? Well, just how incredible their secondary is. I think people are talking about it, but the numbers that they're giving up in terms of their starters, under 50% completion. I mean, they have almost as many passes defensed as, as passes that they've given up right now, and they're, they have six, seven guys. Jonathan Jones, you know, J.C. Jackson, guys who aren't big names are playing really well. The, the competition hasn't been great, but I think there is something for the – the Patriots want to get their offense in sync, and I know it sounds crazy, but they really haven't been uh, this year. They, they're missing both of their starting tackles. They're missing their starting center for the season, so that's three of your starting offensive linemen. I think there is a way for a, a better defense to get after them, and the running game hasn't been very good. So they want to – Kind of like the Browns, and I know it hasn't been as dramatic, but I think they want their offense to look a little more in sync and like the Patriots' offense it, it's that they expect. It's certainly easier because, I mean, we, we sort of always talk about New England figuring themselves out in September, which, unlike other teams, means you either go 4-0 or 3-1 and or 2-2 and once in a while. But I mean, like, they were 1-2 last year. They were 1-2 a few I, years ago. 
it gets lost in the mix because like that's not really that tragic of a story when we look at where the team winds up. And secondly, the difference this time around is their defense is historically awesome over two games. And I take it back to the Super Bowl. They haven't allowed a touchdown since the AFC championship game. They're mm. remarkable, and I think that maybe it's the kind of team Bill Belichick quietly loves coaching more than a lot of these other ones. The one thing I'd say for the Jets, because yes, if they didn't cover the spread here or the whatever we're supposed to be calling it on the show, like Adam Gase clearly was a a fetish of ownership when he was hired because he went he left pretty disastrously in Miami, but they went after him hard, and. Yeah, no one's expecting them to win, but how they lose this game and how they lose some of these games coming up matters a lot. I think one thing that concerned me at the end of that Browns game was the look on Le'Veon Bell's face after he had been thrown into the fire like 31 times. And it's like, is that he? That's not what anyone's looking to do for the next two months of an NFL season. It's just get beaten up as the team's only option. Well, the good news is that Sam Darnold's back with the team, and they are, he's confident that he'll be playing in week five. And so they have, they have an be early the bye. The, week, the bye was perfect. They're going to get Chris Herndon back from suspension. Whatever they had. They'll get C.J. Mosley back probably after the bye. It whatever just, they had game, set up on offense, they can still accomplish those goals right. on offense. They just, they're not, they're not going to be in the playoff race, and it just it expectations change. I think as far as this game goes, I don't think there's anything that Adam Gase will get judged on in week three with Luke Falk at, at quarterback. It's just a throw. I, I'm with you, Dan. For what it's worth, he did some pretty good stuff as a, the coach of the Dolphins offensively pretty consistently against these players. I I'm with you Dan I just I would say perception Adam Gase is already being judged as sort of the chef of a disaster even though it's not entirely his fault or mostly his fault yeah. he's got to keep control of the locker room this this season could go sideways for the Jets. He's got to keep control of his emotions. You can just right. see it wearing Especially on. when you have an right. emotional head coach, an emotional defensive coordinator and an emotional team leader like Jamal Adams. All right, let's move on. Who is up? Well, I've lost. You know, right? It's all know. very confusing now. Am I stuck now with a fourth game? This, I, this you could throw one my way if you wanted to. I don't know where we want to go with. This. I believe it is Greg's pick. Well, there's only one left here. Yeah. So right, go ahead. So I get stuck. So I had the last. Somebody pick gets, and I get stuck with the fourth. Yeah, game. we all have three. No, you, I, I, everybody gets stuck with. Plus, you're watching game. one of Dan's, so that's your. Well, own right. Fault. You're watching so this five. game is clearly not going to be watched. It's <laughs> it's Eagles Lions. This uh, lion. This Eagles team. It, it, we almost overlooked how ridiculously terrible it was on Sunday night, how quickly their entire team changed, potentially their season. Hopefully, you know, they keep things afloat. To lose Dallas Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Tim Jernigan in the matter of minutes is pretty wild. I, and they've already lost Malik Jackson up front. They're already down, you know, a linebacker. It's just a lot, and it's really going to test, you know, Doug Peterson this week. We were thinking in the offseason, oh, who's Carson Wentz? How is he going to keep all these guys happy? Now he's throwing to Mac Hollins and Arcega Whiteside, who played almost every snap of that game and had one catch and did nothing. And so their running game looks terrible. Everyone loved Miles Sanders coming into the year. He was, he's been very hesitant. They didn't have a run over five yards last year. I don't think Miles Sanders is the problem. I think it's the offensive line that's the problem. And Isaac Siamalo, especially at guard. He struggled. There, I think there was a couple. There were probably two runs where I think Sanders even talked about it last week, where he was way too hesitant and trying to break it to the outside, and and that was on him. But yeah, they're, they're not in sync. They they struggled for a little while, you know, for half the game against the Redskins too. They did. I mean, that's that feels like a long time ago at this point. I watching Detroit. 
Carry on Johnson. I just love watching him run, man. That guy, and it's like they cut C.J. Anderson, and I, hey, go I'm not sure those are directly related, but they should be because you just don't need extra running backs. And the Lions spent all offseason saying we want to be a running back by committee. We refuse to anoint Carry on Johnson as our workhorse. But well, they just preferred Paul Perkins, the guy they claimed off waivers from the Giants. They just chose him over C.J. Anderson. Well, I think they're in. But I think they're it's, really choosing Ty Johnson, their rookie running back, who I think is going to be a factor for this team. A clear backup and change of pace, but kind of an interesting guy that they can use as a receiver. I, the Lions were not boring against the Chargers. And to me, that's, a, you know, personally, that's a big step. I kind of find them to kind of like that, uh, like that nerdy, like a nerdy girl in a science class, like sits in the back, like the goth girl that doesn't talk all year. You know there's something going on with that person. You can't quite figure out what's what it is. Straight That's out the of Lions. 1999, like rom-com. Is that what this is? Right, I don't know if it's a Lions rom-com. They don't, they don't, that scenario. They don't yeah. feel like a leading character, but they're just sort of in the mix. She has her but, hair. Her hair is up. She's wearing overalls. She's wearing glasses. Stafford is not does Overalls not. Stafford is not aging the way that some are either. He can throw the ball as hard as anyone in the league still. So. By the way, I, I did, like the lines. Uh, the number one pick also snakes, so this is my game. So I'll take it off your hands. Okay, yeah. I'll I'll let you do. Yeah, yeah. thank you. You got it. Dan's going to be toiling. I saw on you Sunday. I saw you doing your math over there. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's tricky because we're not sitting in the order of the snake. So oh, it, this is something I'll, we'll continue to make the tweaks as necessary as the weeks go along. Yeah, we'll, Old Zeus will have it under control. Don't worry. Don't worry, guys. We'll continue <laughs> to spend 15 minutes of every show talking about this. Um, all right. Let's get to Sunday Night Football. And it's a big one, Mark Sessler. The Los Angeles Rams. Two and O travel to the dog pound to face the one and one Cleveland Browns. And, um, you know, I, Rich Eisen came into the show on Tuesday and he said it. And we all agree. Well, uh, that the Browns are out of that purgatory. But now comes the business of actually being a real team and being a competitive team. Uh, you're no longer in sad hell. Now you need to be a team that wins games, and they they have some type of stretch, I believe. The next four or five teams are all 2-0 and right now. And um, there will be no violins being played because the Browns are supposed to hang in these games and win some of these games, including a home game in your building. Right, Mark? Come on, let's go, Cleveland Browns. Get going now. Well, one and no, one. It's, that's, just, that's just people talking. I mean, I think if you watch – what Cleveland's put on tape over eight quarters. You have to love the pass rush, especially when you played a broken down uh, Jets offensive line. I, they didn't do a whole lot of that in the first game. I, I see an offense completely out of sync. And if you take away a wide open Odell Beckham on the clip, people are watching going for 89 yards in that game. You'd come out of that saying the Browns offense has as much ish, as many issues as any high expectation team in the league. And they've got offensive line issues. David Njoku is out. Rashard Higgins being out last week hurt them a lot. They have their right tackle in a walking boot. And the guy who's going to come in absolutely caused mayhem in the reverse way for Baker Mayfield in the first week. They are a banged up team on both sides of the ball. I don't like the way that they're pulling Nick Chubb off the field on third downs, telecasting Adrian Peterson-like that they're going to be throwing every single time. To me, they've got a lot to figure out. This is not the right time to deal with Aaron Donald and the Rams. And I hate to do this, but I have to do it out of cold logic. I am locking up the Rams. Oh, my God. This is not cold logic. This is even logic. This is is emotion. This is strange emotional games you're playing with yourself. Cleveland Cleveland is – you look at their schedule. Cleveland's – what they're going to have to do in this season is open about two and four. They have the Seahawks. 
They have a 49ers team. That's where I pegged their second win. Not today, I don't. How about and they the have fact the, that the Rams O-line has been as bad as the Browns O-line? I would say worse. I, oh, I don't think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a close game. I just think the Rams are going to take care of business. Here is some psychological thing that concerns me a lot. I grew up loving Clay Matthews, the father of the Clay Matthews, anyone today – would know, historic Browns linebacker who should be in the Hall of Fame, they are inducting him into the Ring of Honor. That is a beautiful thing to do. What concerns me is that it is total Monday night type scenario where Clay Matthews, the son, with the father watching, takes down Baker Mayfield as a Rams pass rusher in a key scenario, right off right tackle, where Chris Hubbard from a walking boot is reading a poetry book on the sideline while the Browns offense is going down. Like a boat in the sea. Let me, let me see if I got Hubbard, this right. Hubbard's into poetry? Let me see if I got this right, Mark. Well, I knew this. I knew you would have a response <laughs> to this. I don't. You can say whatever you want to say. I'm just asking. You've waited 20 years. First of all, so, I have to watch the whole game during let the show finish. with you guys. That's a let disaster. You've waited 20 years since this Browns reboot to have a team that's worth a damn, a team to get excited about, and you're locking up against them in week three in their first Sunday night game in like And what's a pickup game? You just don't have to pick it. You You're locking watch. against First them? of all, if the Browns lose, which is going to be a mess because I'm going to have to watch it in here, and it's going to be those comments like, ooh, wonder what's going on with Baker Mayfield. Hey, Mark, what do you think's going on with Baker Mayfield? As we're all sitting here eating like stale Chinese food before we do our Sunday night recap. Total disaster. Would rather be <laughs> literally anywhere than here during that. You're more upset and, and miserable now than when they suck. It, because because <laughs> I'm hearing things like, you're out of purgatory. Everything's perfect now. Why won't they just go 6-0 and or 5-1? and They have major issues. They have a quarterback. I yes. wish I had your issues, they, buddy. Right, that's I'll fine. tell you that. They have, you have a quarterback, too. Your quarterback is out for three weeks. I that's feel bad. I feel bad. I mean, like, wait. All right, let me add, throw your, enough, your with, family, enough with me. Your family you is think, saying there was a Do you a think somber... the Browns are this five and one team that's just going to roll to this record? No, like, I, tell I, me I, I'm wrong. No, but I think they could easily beat the Rams. I picked the Rams easily. at home. No, not I, I picked the Rams in what I think is close to a coin flip game. Uh, the the Browns are slight underdogs. That feels about right. The Rams have major issues, as Wes mentioned, on the offensive They've line. They've been as resilient as any team in the second half. Absolutely, all they, year. they've. They've found a way to win when they're not playing their best offensively. The defense definitely looks good. But if there's a defensive line out there uh, ready to victimize what's been a struggling Rams O-line, including Andrew Whitworth, who's coming off one of his worst games old, of his actually. career. I mean, it's Miles Garrett, and it's it's Olivier Vernon, and, and it's Sheldon Richardson getting after it. I mean, you talk about Baker Mayfield being out of sync. I haven't seen Jared Goff in sync yet. I haven't seen yep. – just because Cooper Cup ran over half the – uh, Saint secondary doesn't mean that Jared Goff's in sync. I don't think that Baker Mayfield, the player, is like a lesser player than last year. I think the offense in general has lost some of its sort of daring do, and they swagger? were just in swagger and complete control do down the stretch last year, and they, they look completely different. And I would like to see Nick Chubb be like 30% more the engine to this offense than he was agree. over the first two weeks. And if Mayfield is getting a little scrambled against Greg Williams, I think Wade Phillips is going to cook up a lot. I mean, you've seen you've seen some good Wade Phillips sacks where guys are just getting in free. That's mostly what Clay Matthews and Fowler have gotten this year is just kind of free looks at a quarterback. If I'm a fool, and you have a, a safety trio, which might be the best in the entire NFL in terms of their smarts and playmaking, in John Johnson – 
uh, Eric Weddle, and their rookie, Taylor Rapp, who's basically playing as a starter. And those guys have been hovering back there, and it's been tough to make big plays. Find out Sunday night if I'm a, such a fool about this. I, I, I it's have said the, that about the Jets game, too, though. It's no, more the emotional the Brown, thing. The Brown, like, a team, a team that's rising the way that we want to put... I think part of it is, like, let's put them there so that when they don't get there, we have someone to, like, shoot arrows at. They're not there yet. They should have... Be, a team that's there would have beaten the Jets 41-3. to It's, three. it's more that... Not, it, they would not have done what they did. They could not finish drives. That's you fine. tell me they were not extremely frustrating from an offensive standpoint. It's more they that, that if they do win, you know, it's just sort of annoying you locked against them. Like I, I no, remember I once picked against you know the Patriots, Jets. They won forty five ten. It's just like why pick against you know, your favorite team, Greg? You know what's annoying? Locking the Browns up and having them give up forty three points at home after an off season well, of pick, everyone putting bells and whistles on them before they've done it. Pick one of the other that's fifteen annoying. games. Yeah, because I did pick. Wes, I help you, boy. I did that tell last. It's gonna be all right. Tell them it's going to be okay. I think it is going to be okay. I just I find it annoying that it's like you're a Browns fan. Everything's perfect for you now. Only in this no studio one is, is that nonsense. That. No like one is saying they literally were saying that on the last show and on this show. Who's they? I feel like this is a creation of false dichotomy that they either have to be world beaters who live up to the hype, or they have right. to get, they have to be doormats who don't. All, yeah, match all they're, the they're just a team right now. All that Eisen not, said was like the Browns are at purgatory. other teams, just about. You know? right. they're just a Let's team. Let's move on. That was, that was interesting. <laughs> that was wild. That was wild. Monday Night Football, the Chicago Bears travel to, it's great, uh, to Washington to face the Redskins. Uh, your final wounded animal game, your cornered animal game. Uh, but uh, Wes, this is a big game in a primetime spot for Mitch Trubisky, I think. this That's what I'll be watching the most here uh, because, for, number one, you have a, a Redskins defense that, Going into the season, people said, oh, this is the unit. Everyone's sleeping on the Redskins D that can carry this team and make them frisky and they could hang around in the NFC East and in the playoff picture. Well, that has been – you cannot get further from the, case, from the case so far. They've given up plus 30 in both games. They're getting beat up. People are talking about Greg Minuski maybe. His job's in trouble. Well, if Mitch Trubisky goes in there after that miracle win to get to 1-1 one and one and lays another egg or looks stiff or lacks confidence – and they somehow lose this game, It's the pressure is going to be outrageous on Trubisky, and I don't know if he'll be able to handle it. Big game. Mm. Well, the Redskins' defense, it's sort of hit or miss. They've been stingy at times this year. The first half of the opener uh, mm. against the Eagles, the first half against the Cowboys last year, they are extremely banged up in their secondary to the point where they were playing safeties at cornerback against the Cowboys. So I think that's part of the disappointment with their defense. But you're right that with Trubisky – you would have reason to believe that he'd improve in his second year with Matt Nagy, that they get David Montgomery, they get Cordero Patterson, the offensive line returns intact, they still have Tariq Cohen. There's no reason to believe he shouldn't be better. And he has been a sort of Jekyll and Hyde quarterback. He has had some of the worst games imaginable, and then he's had games where the Bears' offense looks dynamic. That was last year. This year we've yet to see that. So I think the onus is on him now to kind of prove all the doubters wrong if he's going to be the answer for the Bears. It should be a nice spot for him, though. I mean, the, It's set up well for him. It, it is, and yet I don't feel that comfortable that the Bears are going to win this game. This could have been a double wounded animal game if not for a shaky call and a great kick. Do we have any of those? Do we have a double wounded animal? I don't animal think we do. Game? We don't. And, and the Bears especially, even at 1-1, one and one, don't feel like they're out of that you know wounding stage. I don't think they feel very comfortable right now with where they're at in general. Uh, this, I mean, this is, it is a great matchup. And yet, you know, Col- I always kind of feel like Colt McCoy, Jay Gruden, like 
they they're a little better than you think. You Case know what Keenum. I mean? They're gonna Case Keenum. They're gonna find. Sorry, not Colt McCoy. They, they're they're gonna find a way to just win five games this year. That's like, oh, how did the Redskins and win that game? And I feel like this could very easily be one. of And let's games. give Case Keenum some love. It's been swallowed up by the fact that they've gotten beaten twice. He's been fine, but he's been fine. You could say he's been better than fine. He's been a lot more than what we expected because he did not look good at all uh, leading up to Week One, and he has been far from the problem. Yeah, I think he's sort of what you expect with Case Keenum that he's going to do a few things well and he's going to like you said win a couple games for a team that largely doesn't matter this season they might get Jonathan Allen and uh, Jordan Reed back but the secondary as Wes mentioned seems like it's going to stay banged up I'd say if you're the if you are the if you're tied into the Bears experience they remind me of another team that they have after last year a lot of expectations if you drop this game against a very mediocre Redskins team in a in a lackluster stadium uh, on Monday night, you have you are in a world of hurt and you are out. You're not coming back from one and two. I know that sounds crazy, but this team tell you're broadcasting that you cannot handle this well, journey. It's you a, cannot it's a bad hand, start. You cannot handle this journey if you go one and two. They you need cu- to come in would, and drop a bomb on the Redskins. You come out, you come home and play the Vikings at home, and then you go to Oakland and into your bye. So I mean, I don't think it it would end their season, but it would really ramp up the pressure. And again, this is a team that it. You know, when you look back at the summer, it, the writing was right there on the wall. It was like all they, the only narrative coming out of that camp was the kicker thing. And it, it's almost too obvious now that they're going to have struggles from all other directions uh, and make it rendering all that summer talk silly. Uh, it seems to happen sometimes with teams, and this feels like one of those circumstances. Couldn't you, I mean, it could also render week three talk silly if they take off. We're talking about a team, I think in the Matt Nagy era, they've never lost by more than one score. Wow, they they have a recipe to be to be a lot better. I think they're going to win. I could see Khalil Mack, you know, with a pick six and someone else with a pick. They're going to score like twelve points on defense. Trubisky's going to put up three field goals and make one throw that everyone's freaking out about, despite fifteen incompletions where the ball's sailing twenty five yards after <laughs> someone's head. I mean, you're going to get it's the full experience. They're going to they should win this game though. You cannot Absolutely. lose this and come up with excuses. <laughs> so that so he's you know under fire. Dolphins quarterback also under fire. We've got some breaking news. Oh, they still count enough. The Josh Rosen experience is on in Miami. He's going to start this week against the Cowboys. Makes they count sense. enough to announce who their starting quarterbacks. It makes sense. Well, my pick is starting it. to look very frisky. He's getting a lot. That my pick is getting a lot of sort of rookie mini camp. This guy is impressing guy. coaches. You know, he, I feel he, bad. For he him. has been under pressure. I mean, their offensive line, as Daniel Jeremiah said, it might be the worst in NFL history. I don't know about the team, he, but the O line is there. So he went from one of the worst offenses of the decade last year in Arizona, which he contributed to, to be fair, to a worst a rookie, and now he goes to maybe the new worst offense of the decade, where he could his health is in peril playing behind that O line. I just don't know. I don't expect any advancements in his career this year, and I just worry about whether he'll ever recover from these first two years, or this is the narrative and his career is ruined by just fate. This is when I go on Craigslist and find I hire people to kidnap me and build a, a story of huge sympathy. Josh Rosen has been kidnapped by someone. Uh, we don't know who it is, but we, you know, behind the scenes. That worked he, out great for me. training. Man, he arranges the kidnapping. Yes. It, exactly. And he, so. he's with uh, Tom House and pick your guy. So the entire time during the abduction, he's working on his game. When he reemerges from the bunker, oh, oh I survived this ordeal. Late December, you know. They never showed their faces. I'll never be able to say who it is, and I'll always live with that fear, but I have to be brave and move <laughs> on, and I still want to play 
play football because people doubted me, my love of the game. But I've come out of this realizing that football is more important than almost anything besides God and yeah. family. Yep. And I, I'll, I'm going anywhere. And meanwhile, he's built up his entire body. His arm's great. Tom House will keep that secret and take it to the he's grave. He's jacked, yep. And away we go. Like he spent three months on the commissioner's non-injury exemption. He signs with the Colts or something. He has like a behind-the-scenes reality show <laughs> produced by TD at Uninterrupted. It's all, it's all happening. Wait, we got some breaking news, though. We got More? another bit of breaking news. It's a Trojan news. horse game. More? I forgot to make my lock, so I'm going to make an unprecedented lock. It's on Thursday Night Football. It's the Tennessee Titans. Now we're separating out. That's the team I do believe in the most. So, Okay. Even I, though We can do that now. Even though you know this might uh, already be wrong to some of the listeners uh, tuning in on Friday or Saturday, uh, I like the Titans defense. I like that move. To swarm Gardner Minshew. Good. They're more athletic. All right. That's it. Uh, yes, as Greg just alluded to, for the first time we'll have a mini pod that will drop Thursday night. I believe Mark, you and I will be handling coverage of uh, the AFC South Stress showdown, on and uh, so check that out. Uh, it will be like you know seven to ten minutes or something like that, and uh, it will supplement this show. And then the next time you get a full episode, of course, is Sunday night. And just like this show, the Sunday night show uh, is live and in your ears and in your eyes. In your eyes. That sounds almost painful. Sounds um, like an 80s song. Sunday night flagship show. Right after um, the Sunday night football game wraps up, it goes up. Uh, NFL.com, YouTube. Awesome. All the places. The light, the heat. Ain't Is that right, Mark? Did Professional right? job in tough situation here, Dan, with the heat, you know. Power it was through. tough. It was tough. We just had to uh, really. Meanwhile, in the control room, everybody doing an amazing job, but it's like 68 degrees in there. <laughs> Look, I'm putting on jackets. <laughs> but thank you to everyone behind the glass because this is uh, a bit, it's been a very smooth ship early on, which isn't always the case with these type of programs. But you guys are nailing it, so thank you. Pros. All right. Bartlett and that, back there blowing into And you, Rick, Ricky, you, you know. Why are you making faces? You. you did a great job telling us about the breaking news. Thank a, you. A grade A producing. Thank you. Look, You're a great producer, and we love you. Thanks. Love you guys, too. You are loved. Thank Don't you. Don't ever forget that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's go. HR? <laughs> oh. This is Dan Hansen signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. And La Cid, take it away. New York City. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.